0: From the proud philosopher-kings of biblical times to the prophets and revolutionaries of the final nights, the Bruja have always embodied a current zeitgeist. If the Bruja are raging fiends, it is because that is what the world now demands of them. Ever since the time of the Second City, the learned clan has been a source of many contradictions. Some legends tell that Bruja was a contentious rebel, fickle and short-tempered with little regard to human life, while others present the image of a calm and scholarly philosopher, one who would not only show kindness, but compassion to the kind. How could such contradictory accounts of an antediluvian exist? Many kindred have sought an answer to this, and while each have their own theories, they are all of them contested by others. Some believe that this discrepancy is founded in one of Bruja's childer, Troil, having diabolized the antediluvian and subsequently taking his place, while others argue that Troil never existed, having been created as a mask for the clan's founder to put on as he staged his own destruction. If one is to believe the two to be separate entities, it becomes a further question distinguishing Troil's gender. Even here, there are points of contention, some even arguing that Troil was sometimes a man, sometimes a woman, and other times neither. Of course, when dealing with vampires as ancient as these, one cannot base judgment on human limitations, for they are far and above such boundaries. If Troil existed and was the child of Bruja, why then were they embraced? Often described as hot-headed and rebellious, why would such a person be chosen by a cold and calculating man such as Bruja? Perhaps it was love, perhaps it was fascination, the pursuit of a partner in philosophy with radically different perspectives. Whatever the cost, Bruja was destroyed, and Troil lived on, for some time. And it is believed that it was Troil's hot temper that was passed down to future generations of Bruja as well as their constant desire for revolution. There are, of course, rumors that Bruja sired more than one child, and that these others resent Troil for their treason, choosing the name True Bruja for themselves. Of course, if these True Bruja exist, and there is scarce evidence that they do, they would most likely resemble in temperament more their founder than those childer of Troil. Troil is a common figure in Bruja storytelling, and most Bruja believe that they slew their sire. Camarilla and Anarch Rabble believe that this great treachery, the act of the Amaranth, cursed their bloodline with their propensity for rage. While Bruha and Tribu of the Sabbat instead take pride in being from the first clan to rebel against the Antediluvians. It is also believed that Troil met their end a long time ago, as there are few, if any, Bruja walking the earth these nights who can claim to have met them. Some records say that Troil was to be found leading the Bruja and other kindred in fabled Carthage, the clan's attempt at building a third city where kind and K-nights could live side by side. But it is difficult to verify the veracity of these statements. Ah, uh, but we must discuss Carthage, fabled Carthage capital of the Phoenician civilization and a blossoming port city on the North African coast. It is often described as a perfect utopia by Bruja who claimed to have once lived there, and even those far too young to have ever even seen the city use its name as a metaphor for an ideal society to strive for, a perfect world. Yet its idealized version does little to educate about its history, Indeed, by the time the city was sacked by Rome in 146 BC, contemporary accounts describe the city as hedonistic to the point of depravity, a perverse pit of nightly bloodbaths, of sacrifice of the blood of the innocents, of newborn babes, and the worshipping of demons and devils. But it was not always so. When the city first became an object of vision for the Bruja and Banu Hakim who came to settle there, it was a place of great learning and beauty, peace and progress. And as the city descended further and further into corruption, it is said that a faction of Bruja called the Prometheans arose to argue for a return to the idyllic state the city had once entertained. History is murky on these parts, but it is known that a group calling themselves the Prometheans were in existence up until the end of the 14th century, propagating for the creation of a new, better Carthage. It is even rumored that Christoph Romwald, a renowned bruja and former crusader, was once a member of this group, having been embraced by Ekaterina the Wise, leader of the Prague Prometheans and grandchild of Dominic the Conqueror, of whom we will learn of shortly. The fall of Carthage came not because of Rome's overwhelming strength, however, but because of the corruption that had been eating at the heart of the city-state. Its coffers were empty, drained by greedy nobles and canines alike, and when the Punic Wars came to a head, it was clear that they could not win. Yet their loss was hastened as a Toeador Methuselah betrayed Carthage, leading the Roman forces of the Ventura and through her gates. Menelaus, a bruja Methuselah who had resided in Carthage, is said to have been absent at the time, seeking aid from Nosferatu and Gangrel further south. His fury at the betrayal of this torador is said to be legendary, and that they are still trying to kill each other to this very day. Yet there are few Bruja scholars who discuss or try to explain the depravity of Carthage. Many of them, in fact, dismiss these as mere rumors, smear campaigns by the Ventru and Malkavians of Rome. But there is some truth in it. Moloch, an ancient vampire said to have been one of the cursed bloodline of the Bali, infiltrated Carthage together with many of his followers, intent on corrupting the Bruja and Banu Hakim to their own nefarious purposes. Offering both dark dealings and mysterious rituals, the Bali traded the integrity of the Bruja piece by piece, slowly pushing the philosophers to act more and more depraved. Theirs was the suggestion to ghoul the war elephants of Hannibal to cross the Alps, and theirs was the practice of child sacrifice to please old, wicked things and bring fortune to the rulers of Carthage. Troil was there. Few who were there would reveal this, for there is a deep, deep hatred for the Bali among the Bruha, old enough to remember them, and a self-loathing that runs even deeper, for the Bali never forced the Bruha's hands. And none was more susceptible to this perversion than Troil himself, who would become the lover of Moloch, and who would witness the wholesale slaughter of virgins, children and slaves, without shedding a tear of remorse, unable to feel even the slightest hint of pity for them. Moloch knew that Troil had feasted upon Cainite blood before, and he urged the other on, encouraging the child of Bruha to feed upon other vampires. And soon enough, they would embrace simply to slake their thirst on these fledglings, and with each soul consumed, Troil's own grew darker and more cursed. So when finally Rome crushed Carthage, Troil was but a shadow of their former self, disillusioned and embittered, yet filled with rage at the Roman Ventrue. They fought side by side with Moloch, who is said to have shared a blood bond with Methuselah, and when they were defeated, they both sank into the ground beneath them, embracing each other. They are said to still be beneath the ruins of Carthage, for the vampiric masters of the siege instructed their mortal servants to salt the earth and to conduct rituals upon it, trapping any and all who had gone underground to recuperate from the war. These secrets are known only to a handful these knights. Some who were in Carthage may not even know them, and those who do will see you dead before you betray the secret shame of the Carthaginians. Hold it close to your heart and pray that the Bali truly are no more. When Rome fell, the nations of Europe descended into separate kingdoms, ruled by noble families who tithed their people and paid service to the Christian church. This clashed with the bruja-ideal greatly, for their clan had little patience for the consolidation of wisdom and philosophy behind the walls of monasteries and cathedrals, and they lost much ground to other, more flexible Canites who operated in secret amongst the clergy. Yet Clara of Cork and Fergal the Pious of Clan, both Irish, set out to collect and store as much written knowledge as they could. Clara employed those of her abbey to record copies of written works, and Fergal traveled Europe, pursuing books to add to their collection. They also succeeded in convincing the majority of abbots in Ireland to do the same, and thanks to them, much of history was preserved and learned from, rather than lost to time. The Bruja saw our growth in the high Middle Ages as they began to settle the Romanian plains with the Magyars, a group of people who would eventually become the Hungarians. As the Bruja were outsiders to this region, they had to take their status through force, and the warlord Dominic was the one to do it. They, as well as some Roman ventru, began to settle and subjugate the people, from which the Tzimitzi and Gangrel had taken their stock for ages. While the highest aristocrats and the lowest serfs were still the Vlachs, the vast majority of the invaders became lesser aristocrats, merchants and farmers. The boyar nobles were gradually replaced by the Magyars and Zecklers, supported by the Roman Ventru. Incidentally, the Ventru had no intention of sharing this power with the Bruja, despite them being the ones who conquered the region originally. Thus, the rabble gradually built up enough rage until the dams burst, and the Anarch Revolt's first kindlings were set ablaze. Dominic, infuriated by the Ventru's attempt at reaping what he had sowed, ghouled almost the entirety of his army and set out to form an alliance with Bulshku, another ruler in the region. Yet Bulshku sided with the Ventru, and in his anger Dominic set all plans and aspirations aside in order to pursue one goal single-mindedly. The destruction of all who had wronged him. Other Bruja recognized his just wrath and flocked to his banners bolstering his forces and adding momentum to his war machine. Dominic no longer fought honorably on the field of battle. No, rather he turned his forces to guerrilla-like warfare, destroying Ventrut, Tsimitsi, Nosferatu, and even mortal institutions. And by the turn of the 13th century, two full centuries into the fighting, this war shifted in tone to one more akin to the Anarch cause. They became a torchlight of inspiration for other, like-minded Canites resulting in countless copycats and splinter groups, all fighting against the oppression of their elders. Patricia of Bolingbroke, known amongst Canites as Tyler, was likewise a source of inspiration for this revolution, her diabolery of the Ventrue Elder Hardestat, the founder of the Camarilla, a big middle finger to this institution created by paranoid elders. Why did the Bruja decide to join the Camarilla? Some say it was the protection it offered. The treaty agreed that none could be killed for being Anarch, thus allowing for their continued existence. While others claim that it was the inhumanity of those who would become the Sabbat that was the deciding factor. Bruha, after all, are creatures of passion, conviction and zeal, traits otherwise only abundant amongst the living, for whom the Sabbat have neither sympathy nor care. Or perhaps it was for vengeance. An opportunity to destroy what the Ventru had created. Our work has pleased the antediluvian snow who has risen to oversee it. Long may he reign, this dark god. The Methuselah Aubrey Ayers, whose wisdom transcends the boundaries of our understanding, and her satanic majesty Danny, reborn through fire and ice, are likewise worthy of our devotion. We are truly blessed to serve such illustrious masters. The council would also especially thank these primogen for their contribution to its work. Maximilian S. Hardcastle, 06, and Stonewolf 18. Your wisdom, experience, and good judgment shall be the torchlight by which we conduct our affairs. Our elders Edward Reed, Dante the Canine, What's That Smells His Blood, Remy Van Roy, and Gaslight 88 shall receive our gratitude for their support and wise counsel, and we would also wish to send our thanks to the Ancillay Colin Gifford, Harry Wyckoff, Envihan, and Zelko Arnout for their support. Likewise, our stalwart neonates shall, as always, receive our appreciation for their services. And thank you for watching. Now be careful out there, for Gehenna may soon be upon us.